0: I think ultimately being the villain and people hating on me made me really look inward and say, I don't think I'm actually that girl that's on TV. I for sure don't want to be. And so in a lot of ways, it made me grow up and become who I
1: am today. I'm Carly Zakin. And I'm Danielle Weisberg. Welcome to 9 to 5-ish with The Skin. Hey, everyone. It's Danielle. Today, our guest is Kristen Cavallari. She rose to fame on reality TV as a teenager on shows like Laguna Beach and The Hills. I watched both. And she pivoted her career in entertainment into a career in business. She has launched a jewelry and lifestyle brand called Uncommon James. And in 2021, she launched a beauty line, Uncommon Beauty. Kristen is also a New York Times bestselling author, podcast host, and former Dancing with the Stars competitor and her latest cookbook, Truly Simple, comes out this April. Kristen, thank you so much for joining us. Welcome to 9 to 5-ish. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I'm very excited to have you here as well. Before we get into the conversation, we like to do a little warm-up with a lightning round so we can get to know you better. Quick questions, quick answers. You ready? Love it. Yes. First job you got paid for.
0: Well, okay. When I was a freshman in high school, I worked at a Bikram yoga studio. I actually did it for free though. I'd swapped free classes to work at the yoga studio. And my job was to take the sweaty towels and put them in the washing machine. It was disgusting. And I essentially did it for free. But I guess so. the first job that I actually got paid for, I was a hostess at a restaurant in Dana Point called Salt Creek Grill. And I did that for about a year and I loved it.
1: What best describes your work day? Working nine till fill in the blank.
0: I am very lucky because my work days are very fluid lately. I've kind of set my life up where I have a really good work-life balance. It's definitely more life right now. It's more just mom mode, which I love. But I would say my work day starts at maybe 10 and ends 2 (laughs) o'clock. It's a nice work day.
1: (laughs) Yeah. What's your favorite recipe in your new cookbook, Truly Simple?
0: God, it's so hard to pick one. But I guess I would say I have a homemade macaroni and cheese recipe. And it's not something I would eat every day, but I love it. And there's two variations. There is the traditional classic mac and cheese, but there's a pesto variation. I am such a sucker for pesto. So it's pesto and also chopped up spinach mixed in. And so I guess in my head I was like, well, I'm getting a green and it's not that bad. (laughs) Um, Yeah. But it's so good. So that
1: that is definitely probably my favorite. What's something we can't Google about you?
0: The fact that I am a homebody and I would just rather be at home. I think that people might think my life is like pretty glamorous and I'm like going out all the time and I'm like doing all these things. I'm not. Like I'm much happier just being at home, no makeup on, just making dinner with my kids and going to bed at nine (laughs) o'clock.
1: That makes me happy because I'm also a homebody and I'm happy to drink and go to sleep. Yeah. Like not from passing out, but just like have a glass (laughs) of wine and like be in bed by like 10 is my ideal night. Yep. I agree. What is the weirdest rumor you heard about yourself or saw published? Wow. I mean,
0: there's been a lot, you know, but I'd say like the weirdest, I remember hearing that I had a little brother named Tyler and I was like, I don't even know how you come up with something like that because it's so not true. So stuff like that, where it's so out of left field, I don't understand where these rumors come from. But then I've all, you know, bigger stuff too, of like dating someone that I'm not actually dating stuff with my divorce was all bullshit. Like I've said this many times, but I've been in this business for over 18 years. I've never read one article that's been 100% true. Never. And so you have to realize that's happening with everybody. That's not just me. The press, the tabloids, that whole world. It's like the biggest game of telephone you will ever play. And so you just have to keep that in mind.
1: Is there like a rumor you would want to see out there? Like, especially now that you're not dating someone, like, can we help you start one? Wait, wait, what did you say? (laughs) Can we help you like start a rumor now that you're, you know, single? Like, yeah, that I'm dating Brad Pitt. (laughs) There we go. That's going to be our headline. Uh,
0: That one I would be like, yeah, it's true. It's true. (laughs) What's the last
1: TV show you binge watched?
0: Okay, let's see. I just watched The Last of Us and I loved it. I guess I didn't necessarily binge watch it. I I binged the first couple episodes and then I
1: was up to date, but I loved
0: that show. I just wish there were more episodes.
1: I know. I finished it last night. Actually, I felt the same way.
0: Nice. And I'm in love with uh, Pedro like everybody else, you know?
1: (laughs) What's the last time you negotiated for yourself?
0: Oh, I love that question. I negotiate for myself quite a lot, to be honest. I feel like that's just sort of the nature of my business. And so I do it a lot. You know, with Uncommon James, we're negotiating different deals with our vendors and stuff like that. It's it's kind of a constant thing in my life. But I love a negotiation because
1: I'm not afraid to walk away. So I usually end up getting what I want. <laughs> Which show did you like better, The Hills or Laguna Beach?
0: So I enjoyed filming The Hills more because at that point, it was a job to me. I knew what they wanted from me. It was more like Okay, you show up, you film your scenes, and I had a completely separate life. We only filmed The Hills three days a week, three different scenes. So it was very much like boom, boom, boom. You get in, you get out. The same way you would do a a regular scripted show. And then Laguna Beach was more, that was my real life. It was very, a gray area of like what was real, what wasn't. We're being put in situations we wouldn't normally be in. We're being told to say certain things. And so that was stressful and difficult. And seeing the first episode and how it was portrayed, I was really upset about it. After a couple of years though, when I joined the Hills, I really wrapped my head around it and I was like, okay, great. If I'm going to do this, I have to lean into it. And that's what I did. So I actually ended up having a
1: lot of fun filming the Hills we were talking just before we started recording about how you hadn't seen the episodes since like they first came out and and that's part of your podcast in rewatching them what did you think
0: <laughs> it's been a journey It's been wild to watch them. It's been therapeutic. It's been fun. There's been so much time that's passed where I can really laugh at it, but there's definitely things that I'm like, God, I was kind of an idiot, which I guess most of us are at 17, 18. So I'm not like beating myself up over it, but things came out of my mouth that I'm just like, why? Why say these things? Doing this podcast, the Back to the Beach podcast has actually been a highlight of my career. And I just feel like It's been, you know, it's full circle, obviously, but watching it with my ex-boyfriend from high school who went through it all with me, being able to like clear things up, it's been really nice. It's like putting a nice little bow on my whole Laguna Beach experience, which has been awesome.
1: Okay. So obviously, reality TV for you started, you guys were one of kind of like the OG shows when you were in high school. Why did you decide to sign up for it? And what was the casting process like?
0: Yeah, so... Basically, you just had to be 16 to audition, I guess. I don't even know if that's the right word. But what you would do is MTV came to our, our high school and at break and lunch, they had a booth set up. And you would go up, grab a packet. It was like a 20-page packet. And the questions, you know, are like, who do you think's going to be homecoming or prom queen? And I said, I don't know and I don't care as long as it's not Lauren Conrad. So, like, I knew... <laughs> <laughs> I knew at a young age what to do. I was beefing up my answers. I was doing the things I needed to do. And so from there, you would turn your packet in and then they would do on-camera interviews. And it just kind of happened. I'm very competitive. I still, to this day, am. And at the time, it was like, oh, who's going to get on it? It was like a competition. So I was like, I'm getting this show. We had no idea, obviously, what it was going to turn into. I mean, We just sort of thought it was going to be like a little special, like, oh, I live in the real Orange County, because at the time the OC was on. And, you know, it was like overnight, instant fame. And it was a weird time in my life, especially because I was still in high school. Everyone else had graduated except for Talon and I, and the freshmen looking at me differently. And I was like, oh, this is bizarre. (laughs) But, you know, fun. I had a lot of fun, too. I would not change it for the world. So just just an interesting phase of my life.
1: What I think is so interesting, looking back on it now as like a fully formed adult who was totally one of those people that tuned in and got obsessed in a world before people really understood that it was like mainly fake. Right. 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 Like now you look at a reality TV and you're like, oh, yeah, like the producers are telling them to do this. But back then, like we thought it was real. Yeah. How did you feel being the villain? and cast as that before people understood that that might not actually be who you are?
0: Yeah, it was really hard. And I actually didn't know that that's what was going to happen until I saw the first episode. And I think it was like the day before it actually aired. So I didn't have that much time to really like prep myself for it. But it was hard. I was really upset. I cried when I saw the first episode. And, you know, I felt like it was really unfair. I get it now. Obviously, I've worked through all of that. I've wrapped my head around it. And in fact, I wouldn't trade it. I have a strong personality. And I know that that on reality TV, that's very easy to edit and manipulate in a way where you do come off as the villain. Although I will say it's interesting because now doing the podcast and it's on Netflix and, you know, people are rewatching it, which has been really cool. I've had a lot of people be like, oh my God, you weren't actually the villain. I'm so sorry. I feel like I was like ahead of the time in a lot of ways. Had that aired today, I don't think I would
1: have had the same reaction that I did at the time. So it's all good. (laughs) That was going to be my next question, actually, is like, I feel like a lot of the stuff you got for was about you being confident and standing up for yourself. Yeah. How do you think that some of the decisions that you made would be viewed by an audience today?
0: Yeah, well, I first of all, I don't even think Laguna Beach would be successful today because it was so watered down compared to what's on TV now. But I definitely don't think I would have had this insane reaction. You know, it was like you either loved me or loved to hate me. And there was no in between. I don't know today if that would be the case. It's just interesting. I just I don't think I would have had as much hate as I did. But in a lot of ways, it's been kind of cool that people are rewatching it. And I'm having that response now. I think that's awesome. So, you know, 18 years later, the fact that people are even still watching it and talking about it is that's cool. You know, I'm I'm proud of that.
1: I think to that effect, right, like that you were in something that was such a part of pop culture that people are still talking about it 18 years later In speaking to you. And this is like the first time that I've gotten a chance to speak to you directly you seem like a pretty normal person. Thank you. (laughs) How did you manage to do that given when you were like 16, 17 years old, you were in the spotlight and not necessarily in like the most positive way at a time when you are dealing with so much like self-confidence issues and just becoming a person?
0: Yeah, well, thank you. I mean, you know, I think I can credit to a lot of different things. I have a good family. I've always had good friends to call me out on my bullshit. I definitely lived it up when I was 18 and first moved to LA. I probably thought I was the, you know, I mean, I had my moment for sure, but I think ultimately probably being the villain and people hating on me made me really look inward and say, okay, well, I don't think I'm actually that girl that's on TV, but I for sure don't want to be. And so in a lot of ways, it probably made me grow up and become who I am today. And I think over my career, I've had a lot of highs, and I've also had a lot of lows. And I actually think those lows have made me who I am. I think that's when you really are tested as an individual in your lowest moments. And so I think it's all just been part of my journey. And I'm thankful that I got out of LA when I did, you know, I moved out of LA when I was 24, which also probably helped. And I just, I, the people are in my life. I have really good friends and a really good family and that helps for sure.
1: So talking about leaving LA, I think it's, I could definitely see how that would be a good decision. I'm from Chicago. Oh, so yes. What was it like? And, and you've talked about the decision to have your family be in Nashville. Like, how do you think through that kind of seeing these different parts of big cities in the country and how that's reflected on kind of the experience that you want to give your kids?
0: You know, I actually, I didn't grow up in California. I moved to California when I was a freshman in high school, which a lot of people still don't really know that. But I lived in Barrington, a suburb of Chicago. I was in Connecticut. I was in Colorado. I was kind of all over. And so how I grew up was we were outside, you know, we played with our friends and the cul-de-sac and that's what we did. And being in Nashville, I'm, I'm in Franklin. I'm 30 minutes outside of the city. It's just a really nice kind of like old school way to grow up. And my kids are outside. There's a really good sense of community here. And I just, I just love that. That's how I wanted my kids to to grow up. I think LA would be very challenging to raise kids when everything is so accessible. There's the whole celebrity aspect of it all. Everyone's parent is a producer, an actor, a this or that. And I just I think LA is its own little bubble. And I mean, listen, I love LA. I still have a place there. I'm out there a lot. I have really good friends out there. I wouldn't want to live there full time again. I definitely wouldn't want to raise kids out there. I just think it would be extremely difficult. So I'm happy that we're in Franklin, Tennessee.
1: There are a lot of people who go on TV, especially now that there's like a kind of like a formula, right? Like you go on a show, hopefully you get a spinoff. And then from that spinoff, maybe you're able to create your own brand. But when you guys did it, that wasn't necessarily like such a set out path. And even now when people do it, most of them are not successful. Maybe they have like a moment and then it kind of goes away. You've been able to build not only one, but but two lines of your business. Why do you think you were able to transition?
0: I mean, it is something that truly I'm thankful for every single day. I think part of being one of the original, you know, reality casts probably helps people feel like they've grown up with me. I also really think I've always been me. I've never tried to sugarcoat anything. I've never had an agenda. And I think people can really tell I'm really authentic. And I think I live and breathe my brand. I mean, if we're going to get into the nitty gritty, Uncommon James is my life. I mean, everything I'm designing when it comes to the jewelry, whether it's the skincare, I use and wear all of these products. I'm selfishly designing and creating what I want. And I think people can really see that. And so. I think that's it. I think if you're going to try to capitalize on the fame that you have, or the notoriety, I think you have to be very true to yourself. And I think a lot of times, you know, if someone comes out with a tequila and you're like, I didn't even know she drank, like there's a huge disconnect there. You know, it has to be true to who you are.
1: Why'd you decide to name it? I mean, not the story behind the name, but why did you decide to name it something that was not your name? Because I wanted the brand to be able to stand on its own. Something that we've been asking a lot of our guests this season is when was there a moment when you felt stuck or things were outside of your control?
0: Oh man, I'll just be brutally honest with you. I felt really stuck in my marriage for a long time. And you know, this is, it's not something that I want to keep talking about. I've been divorced for three years, but that is the time I felt the most stuck. And I've, that's not to say I haven't had, crossroads in my career, like even joining the Hills was a huge decision for me. I remember sitting on that and being like, okay, if I join the Hills, I have to just lean in and do the branding and stuff and capitalize on that. But at the time I was acting, I mean, I, you know, and I never did anything earth shattering, but I was working, I was working in the acting world and I liked it, but it was just, I just knew joining the Hills, I was going to essentially be giving that up in a lot of ways and just taking a different road. So I've had moments in my life
1: where there's been really big decisions. But yeah, I, I felt I felt stuck in my marriage for a while. I can't imagine how difficult it is, honestly, to to make the decision to get divorced, have your family, and then to have to talk about it as part of your story for so long. Right. <laughs> so I'll kind of steer away from that because I feel like, honestly, you've been pretty open about it. Yeah. Um. The one thing that I really want to talk about is how you set up and having the foresight to set up owning 100% of your business, which is a super rare move for a celebrity. And our audience is is a lot of young women. And one of the things that my mom always told me was like, doesn't matter how well your husband does or your partner, like you always need to make and control your own money. Yeah, You always have to have that. And I think that's part of your story that I would love to hear more about because I think that would really resonate.
0: Yeah, I mean, I just always looked at money as freedom, and I never wanted to rely on anyone for anything, but especially money. and that probably comes from, you know, my parents were divorced, my dad was remarried, and anytime my dad would give me money, it was a huge issue for my stepmom. And he used to have to, like, sneak me money and stuff. And I just thought it was, like, so gross. And I've always had this rebellious nature in the sense where it was like, I don't want you to be able to tell me what to do. Like, I want to do whatever the hell I want whenever I want. And that, to me, is money. Money equals freedom. So I always wanted to have my stash so that I never had to rely on anybody. Specifically to a relationship, I want to be with someone because I want to be with them, not because I need them. And... That's just always been really important to me. And I think for women, it is really important because I think the worst thing would be talking about being stuck, to be stuck in a marriage and an unhealthy relationship because you don't have any resources. I mean, that actually breaks my heart for these women. And so, yeah, I just, I think it's really important that we have our own little nest egg.
1: What are you like as a boss (laughs) and as an entrepreneur?
0: So I actually think I'm a great boss. I kind of, I give a lot of freedom during COVID. What we kind of learned was, you know, it's not so much about the hours you're putting in. It's more, are you doing your job or not? It's kind of that simple. If you're doing your job, you can have as much freedom as you want. So I'd say in a lot of ways, I'm hands off, but you know, it hasn't always been like that. I have a really great team at Uncommon James where I can be like that because I have the best team on the planet. But before that, I would have to babysit a little bit more and handhold. But if you're getting your job done, I'm very cool. But obviously, you have to be getting your job done. Otherwise, I'm going to be on you a lot more if you're slacking
1: off. What do you want this brand to be when you think about its future?
0: You know, I, I would love for it to be a household name. And my daughter has said maybe she wants to take it over one day. I mean, she's seven, so we'll see. But she has expressed that. And I think that would be awesome just to keep it in the family. You know, at one point in time, I said we would probably have four or five stores, call it a day. But now we've changed course and we are going to open a lot more stores. And, you know, we'll see. I just want to focus on what we're doing really well, which is the jewelry and the skincare and just be the best that we can be and just keep scaling and growing. And I don't know. We'll see. I mean, I hope sky's the limit.
1: That must feel so nice to have. I have two boys, and so when I think about the skim, I'm like, maybe not part of their journey, but um, like, you never know. You never know. I'm I'm not gonna. You know, we have a lot of great men involved with the skim, um, but to have that, what does that feel like for you as as a mom? It's really cool. And I mean,
0: having two boys and a girl is exactly what I wanted. I feel very lucky that is what I got. They're different, you know. I mean, my relationships with my boys are very different than my relationship with Sailor, and having a little girl is very very special. It really is. The fact that maybe she will take it over one day, I think is really cool. And you know, it's funny. My boys have even said like, "Well, may- maybe I would work there." I don't know. But yeah, my daughter, I call her my little bestie. But yeah, she's she's really special. I'm
1: really happy that I have her. You've talked a lot about the importance of friendship. And obviously, we're just talking about the relationship with your daughter. Going back on it now, I just happen to think about the differences now watching Laguna Beach and how you and LC were portrayed. What do you think about the role of like female friendship in your life and kind of also how you started off with this kind of like you butting heads with another female strong character?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think female friendships are really important. Most of my friends have actually been my friends since I was like 18, like 17, 18. And I do have newer friends out here in Nashville, but I don't know. I just think it's important for us as women to support one another. I mean, I think where we get into troubled waters is when we act from a place of insecurity or like there's not enough for all of us. Like there in fact is enough for all of us to have all of the things that we want. And That's an inside job. You know, what I've learned over the years too is that if someone is jealous or trying to put you down or whatever it is, it actually has nothing to do with you and it has everything to do with them. I think that's just a good lesson for anybody, especially with social media when people can just say whatever they want to you, whether you're in the public eye or not. Again, the whole LC feud was never that, you know, that was created really by MTV. I mean, they took a little seed of truth and blew it up into what it ultimately became, but it it was never that. I've never fought with a woman like that. <laughs>
1: When you think about the business you've been able to create, have you had the opportunity to have mentors along the way or like how did you begin to understand the dynamics of obviously you're really good at branding, seeing like you branded yourself from the time you were a teenager, but the dynamics of the business, did you get to have a mentor or anyone whose advice you really trusted?
0: Not really to be honest, I just kind of did it and I've I'm still learning as I go. You know, I mean, the business world was all very new for me and I've just been faking it until I make it. And I do think sometimes that works. I'm someone who really acts off of my gut instincts. I'm really impulsive. So if I have an idea, it's like, boom, I'm doing it. I'm not like, well, I need a business plan and I need to, you know, get all of my ducks in a row. No. Like when I decided to launch Uncommon James, from the time I made that decision to launch was only four months. I found someone to create my website. Wow. I found a manufacturer and it was like, boom, let's go. I didn't think about it. And I think there's a lot of beauty in that. I also, you know, if I could go back, I would probably do some things differently, but Hey, here we are. And luckily our customers have been awesome and stuck with us through learning and growing, even just about, you know, jewelry manufacturing and different plating on rings and just different things that I've had to learn over the years. But no, I didn't really have someone. And now I like I said, I mean, my team that I have, my COO, my CFO, my marketing girl, like they're really experienced. They've been doing this a long time and I learn a lot from them and they're essentially running the company now and I'm in my little creative bubble. I'm designing the jewelry, I'm planning the big campaign shoots, all of the fun stuff and so I'm I'm really thankful for them.
1: I love that. I think that that is the point that you hope to get to, which is being able to do the stuff that you really love and are good at. It's taken us a long time to get there. So I want to transition into a listener question. Okay. We have a listener question from Sarah who wants to know, how do you decompress and how do you make time for that?
0: You know, honestly, working out for me is like, That's my me time. I just make it a priority. And there was a phase of my life a few years ago when the only time I could work out was at 5 a.m. in the morning, but I did it. Now I don't do that. Once I get my kids to school, then I work out and I'm lucky to be able to do that because I'm not going into the office every day anymore. But that's important to me. I also, when my ex has my kids, that's when I'm able to get a massage. That's when I'm able to take a bath. That's when I'm able to meditate a little bit more maybe or, you know, whatever it may be. That has sort of like forced this perfect balance on me. I've been able to kind of like refine myself and make myself a priority again, which in a lot of ways has been really nice. And so I try to just focus on the positives through divorce. And that
1: is, that's one of them. How often are you cooking for yourself versus cooking for your kids?
0: I cook for myself. I mean, I do. I probably won't make as an elaborate of a meal, but I really do enjoy cooking, even if I'm only cooking for myself. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I want to use this moment to see if you have any advice for, so I don't watch like any of the Vanderpump Rules shows, but I am just like this whole scandable thing. I am cracking up because I know nothing about it. I except don't either. For, Why am I on like a first name basis now in my mind with these different <laughs> people? What's your advice for people going through drama on TV? <laughs>
0: Yeah. A friend told me what the drama was because I I didn't know. And I've met a lot of those, I don't want to say kids, they're the same age. I've met a lot of those people and they're all lovely. But you know, it's so hard because I know how stressful it is. Like the level of stress that these guys are going through is through the roof. And so what advice do I have? Get off of social media. Literally don't read anything. Put your phone down and just surround yourself with your best friends and the good people in your life and stay busy, distract yourself because ultimately it will blow over. Everything always blows over. The hard part for them is they're actually filming a show and doing all oh this at the gosh. same time. So it's probably going to be a minute before it blows over, but it will eventually. So just get your priorities and check and and put your phone down, I think
1: is the biggest. Last question. Who's someone else we should have on this show?
0: Oh, okay. Well, you brought up Rachel Bilson and I love her. She's awesome. She's very normal and very cool. And I love her. So yeah, have her on.
1: You know, when I was listening to your conversation with her, I was like, she just like feels like what you want her to be, Yes, which is very rare. Yes. She's awesome. Well, Kristen, thank you so much for coming on. Congratulations on the new cookbook and everything going on. Thank you so much. It was great talking to you too. Thanks for listening to this episode of 9 to 5-ish with The Skim. A new episode will be in your feed again next Wednesday. And if you want to keep up with us in between episodes, follow us on Instagram at Carly and Danielle.
0: It's a really good account, I promise.